in verse 1. After two days it was the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by trickery and put him to death. But they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not have always. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. As surely I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial. As we read yesterday from Mark 13, the Lord was prophesying about the future. And it was already communicated to the disciples about his imminent death, his sacrifice. And uh, the manner in which he'll be taken, allow himself to be taken so that he can go through the crucifixion for our souls. He would die so that we could live. And Satan was moving the people, the religious people, to seek to trap him, take him by craft, it says in the King James Version, by trickery, to destroy his life. Because of the feast time, they didn't want to face the crowds because they knew that Jesus was sent from God doing miracles. The common people, they admired him, they welcomed him. And so they were looking for a convenient way to destroy him. While this is going on, we have this incident here that's also recorded in Matthew and John. Some say it's the same person. Some say because of the timing that this happened in Bethany and in another gospel it takes place earlier in God's ministry or Jesus' ministry. Because of some details that are different there's some questions surrounding whether it was Mary, the sister of Lazarus, Martha, or another woman. Nonetheless, the important thing for us is the application of what's being said here and why the Lord has recorded it. The house to which Jesus went belonged to a leper. 
The Lord sat at the table. And the woman came without any introduction. She just came into that meeting or that event just carrying this flask as it's written and she broke the flask in front of everyone and poured it on his head. And the people who were upset with this were concerned apparently that it's being wasted on who? Where was the port? She didn't come and break the flask and pour it on the floor. She didn't pour it on herself. She didn't pour it on any other guest or the host. She didn't do it to cause the perfume to diffuse anywhere else. The indignation of the criticizers is shown for what it really is. It's not that they were really concerned about the poor. The devil was working through them, bringing a religious sentiment, seemingly. Going directly against the God who's being honored by the woman. <clears throat> notice, notice that it says that she broke the flask and poured it on his head, whose head? The son of God's head. She did something to honor God. And the people, Judas, being a leader in this criticism, They found fault with what was done. You see that in John's Gospel. That Judas spoke up. But apparently others joined with him. And before we go further in this, it's something that reveals how not just Judas, who would be expected to do such a thing, he was a thief, he was a liar. He became those things as he gave himself to the love for money. The monster, the demon of covetousness just took him over. But the others also, there were some who joined. shows us that we can be quite wrong in our judgment because if somebody reads this casually they may think that's a, a fair statement to make, a good statement because you're talking about something that is so concentrated and costs so much it seems like an extravagant waste it seems like a misjudgment to have used it in this way by the person who brought it in. Of course, you can take that. A bottle of such a thing would yield a good sum of money if it was sold. Then you can give to a lot of poor people. Isn't that what the gospel is about? Blessed are the poor in spirit and the gospel is preached to the poor God loves the poor but here there's a revelation to these people and to many people who hear perhaps to us also that though God loves the poor he loves everybody and he loves the people who are oppressed when he shows up and honor is given to him when the anointed one the Messiah shows up and somebody is anointing him that is giving him honor that always takes precedence or priority 
because God is always to be honored and when he is honored and he has an objective who are these people to object and the Lord Jesus ever so gently whereas they criticize the woman sharply and via that criticism of the woman they were actually criticizing the Lord what are you doing about this Lord that woman just wasted this on you and you're not saying anything how people can come and begin to think certain things and they can begin to mouth certain words because they think their judgment is correct it's better to be slow to speak before getting into contention or contentious things and think about what's happening ask the Lord about the situation after all the Lord is in the midst On at least two counts, they were sorely mistaken. One, the very obvious one, is that the oil was poured on the Lord Jesus' head. The most worthy person. His perfume. Secondly, they should have waited to see what his reaction would be. It's a lesson in jumping to conclusions erroneously allowing carnal sentiments to come and take over the very truth that God is revealing the honor that's supposed to go to him always and how he is the priority he is the defender of the poor so if he's not saying this thing that sounds so religious and charitable that means that there's something to learn here and so it is for us, it's very important that when we come across lessons like these, that we step back and say, Lord, help me not to have misjudgment. Help me not to criticize you, your servants, the church, another brother's sister. Maybe I don't understand the whole thing. Maybe I don't have the whole picture. Lord, help me. And especially help me not to say anything until... I'm clear on the matter and even further help me not to mutter or murmur or become indignant within myself it's important not to huff and puff become agitated and critical there's such a thing as a critical spirit that is influenced by demons perhaps some would know about this you can actually have it passed down to you from a father or mother another family member another member of the generation it's a demonic almost autopilot kind of syndrome or spirit where the first thing is a frown and what's wrong with this and that person and how I have the answer and I can fix this and everybody else is just plain crazy. Jumping to criticize. And as we read the scriptures, God speaks to us and the Holy Spirit convicts us that maybe a lifetime just about has passed before the person realizes that I've been critical. And that's the first thing that happens with any person or thing I jump to say something negative or critical. And with the conviction of the Holy Spirit, by reading the Word of God, the person begins to say, I have to be different. I have to find positive things to say and not criticize. I have to consider that I may have a big log in my eye and I'm busy trying to take the speck out of other people's eyes. If there, first of all, is even a speck in their eye. We need to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, help me to be humble. When a person is truly humble, they're slow to being critical.
and they will weigh the situation and consider whether what they're about to say or pass on to someone even in private that influence whether it's really godly and edifying or is it wrong the other gospel says that Judas was the one who said this over here it says that some were indignant among themselves now we move this application to particularly not just criticizing people and things having a negative spirit but especially when it comes to the things of God the Lord Jesus wants us to imitate him as dear children Ephesians 5.1 imitate God how is God? He's a person, the living God, who describes himself with attributes beginning with gracious and compassionate and also slow to anger. Criticism and anger often go together. Indignation, this annoyance within, irritation, fault-finding, casting people down with one's teeth, as is said, with a haughty look. Such things are possible in the body of Christ, as evil as they are, if carnality is not crucified. May we be the people who God could say, you bring healing, you bring reconciliation, you bring forbearance, you're able to be patient, you're able to think twice before you say anything especially about another person in the household of faith another brother or sister and even more so more important against the servants of God because they represent God himself as under shepherds or workers in his kingdom to feed the flock of God How are they able to say this? We've seen this before in other situations, particularly with Peter, where it's written that the devil actually spoke through that man's mouth, who was a close disciple of Jesus, which should cause us not to be paranoid, but to be prudent. That we never give the devil even a second or use of any part of us because the potential is there they criticized the woman but in fact they are criticizing the Lord because she honored the Lord and the criticism was sharp the Lord Jesus in his gentle way says in verse 6 but Jesus said let her alone why do you trouble her she has done a good work for me for you have the poor with you always and whenever you wish you may do them good but me you do not have always this is another lesson here in addition to what we've heard already, that is the timing. The person concerned with this act of anointing, he's here, and so the timing for the poor is not now. In our walk with God, in our service for God, we need to ask the Lord is this the time to do this right thing there is a right time to do a right thing a right thing can be done at a wrong time and the whole thing can become wrong we need the wisdom of God 
And we can ask God, as it says in the book of James, if anyone of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who's liberal. But ask in faith. In, in other words, expect that there's going to be a change in my thinking and decision-making and processing that I would really seek after the Lord for the divine timing with the divine impulse to do what God wants me to do. said she has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Had the disciples and whoever else was involved in this indignation waited to hear what the Lord had to say, they would have learned so much more. Already, there's enough cause for them to have kept their mouths closed as well as their inner thoughts checked because they were dead wrong as people would say. And here the honor is explained. This woman has had a revelation, apparently. And she's come to anoint my body for burial. To understand the will of God, repeatedly the Lord is telling the people, his disciples, that I have to be crucified. We're on the way. And this last week, as it were, in this town of Bethany, The timeline of God is being given to them. But they're caught up with what's in it for me. We see in other Gospels also they're arguing about who's the greatest and so that we don't make the same mistake. We don't become consumed with ourselves. But we're here to serve God, not to be co-gods. We need to know, Father, what is your will? What is the plan? What is the program? And how are we proceeding with this? Is the intention that you have, the objective met with my participation, or am I becoming a hindrance and a trouble for you? All these things are possible. We want to be people who are able to flow with the direction God is going. For that, it takes us to be wise which means a great deal of listening rather than speaking. Instead of accusing or criticizing and jumping to conclusions, particularly against the work of God, watch and seek the Lord. The scriptures is written, if there's any accusation against an elder, you need to be careful. The elder can stand for a pastor or bishop, whatever term the church may use. In other words, a leader, you have to be very careful. Unless there's a gross violation of the commandment of God, and there's a genuine scandal, then people ought to speak up if they stand for the Lord. But the Gospels regarding church discipline, the Apostle Paul dealing with the various new churches that were rising, had to caution the people with all the carnality, often in a place where God's Spirit is moving and the leaders are legitimate. A lot of contention happens because people are not waiting on God and not thinking like God, a lot of irritation, a lot of murmuring and whispering and gossip happens, and they're able to set a fire, a forest fire, with their tongues. 
they find further when the Lord Jesus said something here. Yes, she anointed me. And it was for my burial after I'm crucified. If they just connected everything God said, this progressive revelation is important to follow every bit that God is giving. Because the devil's not interested in God's plan for your life, or my life, or the life of the church, for his grand plan to be accomplished. He's not interested in that. He wants to take people off into petty uh, grievances, and indignation, fault-finding, and criticism, and just derail them, take them off to another place altogether. We need to make sure that the devil is not comfortable in our midst, in our church. And we seek to show love, not just externally, in a group setting, but privately when you speak to your own family members about the church, about your brother and sister, about your pastors, about God. We need to have that ability to really say, Lord, I want to be 100% transparent. I want to be a person who will speak the same thing inside closed doors or behind closed doors and in public. The Lord, who said, them that honor me, I will honor, says here, Surely I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached, in the whole world, wherever the gospel is going to go from this Jerusalem <coughs> into Judea, and further up north to Samaria, and from there to the uttermost parts of the world, east, west, north, south, so the whole globe is covered with the gospel. The 2,000 years plus following this incident, the Lord Jesus says, what this woman has done will be included in the gospel. Praise be to God. It was just a moment in time, a brief moment, it seemed like she just rushed into the house uninvited. She proceeded to break the flask and suddenly poured that costly oil on his head. She interrupted everything, but God was pleased with her. We think of another incident that may not come to mind when someone took a bold action that is Phinehas in the Old Testament. When trouble came into the camp, he darted to the people who were responsible for bringing trouble. And he followed through in an action that would have shocked others. But he had the boldness to appease God's wrath. He actually pleased God. And he's another person in the Bible that God said, he's going to be blessed. How important it is for us to know the heart of God and to know his feelings. To know what he's up to by spending time in his presence. If we would spend more time with God than with individual human beings as much as possible, we would never come under condemnation saying something out of turn thinking something that is anti-God or spreading trouble in the church of God we can protect ourselves and we can be edifying and actually build up the body of God the body of Christ by having more love more patience more wisdom being at one with God's heart understanding what is he doing and what is 
his objective here with the church and with my position in the church or role I should say every believer is called to honor the Lord no one else did this and in another gospel we see that the Lord actually has words with the host and he says to the host you didn't kiss me in the other gospel there's another difference there that the feet were wiped, Jesus' feet were wiped with the hair, with the tears. But the import of the message in the Gospels that have this incident or a similar incident is very clear. Whoever is forgiven much loves much. If we really love God, it's because we've understood how undeserving we are of his grace. The action that will follow is a total honoring of God with everything we possess, not caring what others think. The woman's focus was not the man in charge of the house or anyone else. Her focus was the Lord Jesus. Now the disciples were with him they were supposedly the people who were most focused on the Lord Jesus. They lived with him. But they missed it. They were not focused on him, on his glory. They didn't honor him. The Lord had words with the host and said, you didn't honor me like this woman because the other gospels it says that the man who was the host actually knew this woman was a sinner and was wondering, how could this man let this sinner woman touch him if he really is who he's supposed to be? <clears throat> how could a sinful woman be allowed to touch Lord Jesus Christ? When you look at the combination of the stories in this kind of incident, we also learn that this is not a license for anybody to say, well, I'm helping the poor. After all, Jesus sat, ate with sinners. And look, a sinful woman gets to touch him. We must understand that he's God, he's immune any work of Satan on his body. But we, we're on this side of eternity, we're not made perfect yet with a perfect body. Things can transfer. We need to be careful. Especially with those of the opposite sex when it comes to ministry. God gives the wisdom to be able to detect when things are not in keeping with his will when there may be danger lurking and we need to use wisdom a sinful woman was allowed to touch the Lord Jesus he knew all about her more than anyone else but he also knew that she was no longer sinful. She came having repented. In the case of the lepers, they had a dreaded disease. It didn't do anything to the Lord Jesus. In the case of people that he ate with and sat with, spent time with, nothing could penetrate him. He's God Almighty in the flesh. We are called to be cautious in our dealings. So this is not a license for people to say, well, Jesus did this. Not understanding, first of all, the woman repented. And even then, there's a level of separation that God expects. You know, understanding when we deal with people, because as we've learned quite a number of times practically in this body of Christ demons can transfer 
And for people who say that's just superstitious, we're Christian, we don't believe that. Look at us. Could very well be the devil's laughing while they say that statement because so many things are going wrong in their personal lives and they cannot connect it. But the bottom line is this woman really repented, really loved the Lord, really honored him. And so the Lord took that honor. It was an acceptable sacrifice and offering. It was a sacrifice to pour out that expensive perfume. This brings us to this point also. What would we withhold from the Lord when it means to honor Him? Is this something that we'll hold, we'll hold with a tight clenched fist? Tightly clenched fist. Lord, you can have anything but not this. This is very expensive. And I need it, Lord. Imagine someone holding something away from the Lord and almost holding it behind their back, as it were, or turned sideways and looking at the Lord with an expression of grief, saying that, Lord, this is too much. I can't do this. Forgetting, as the disciples and whoever was indignant there, that this is the Lord we're talking about. What is he not worthy of? And who is the Lord so high and mighty that he would condescend to receive this? How absolutely beautiful and majestic of the Lord Jesus. Loving. She broke all of the societal rules. And the Lord didn't care about any of that. He looked at her heart and he knew. She really loves me. She really has received my forgiveness. And I accept her sacrifice. Similar to when the people brought the little children. Disciples were indignant. The Lord. The Lord in, in effect commended the parents. For bringing the children. Because he said let the little children come to me. And these children were the type of people he wanted in his kingdom, in their spirit, in their nature. The more we read the word of God, the more we pray and say, Lord, I don't want to be wrong. I'm tired of being wrong. I'm tired of making misjudgments and then having condemnation because I said thing or a thing or I thought something. I judge wrongly, I criticize the brother's sister and now it's backfiring on me. Yes, when we open the door to doing something carnal, then the devil will be able to move in and cause havoc. But if we're guarded and we watch what we say and especially what we think because that's where it originates, the Lord, I want the insight of me, my thought life, my imagination, the judgments I make, there are people who speak nicely on the outside, but inside is the opposite. We know that, living in this world, but it's a very tragic thing if it happens in the church, and the Lord corrects everyone who's guilty of that, as he did to these people. He doesn't come down hard to the point of telling them, get out of my face, because you've done this before, and look what you're doing now. He says... Let me explain to you what's happening to you. You need to change. So many things that we can find relevant here underneath the main point of this passage or the main points when we look at the other gospel accounts either the same or similar accounts of this event is that the Lord must be honored by us at all times. And we shouldn't be interfering with others honoring Him. We shouldn't hinder that or criticize people. 
We should know that the Lord will always honor those who sincerely honor him. And to honor the Lord truly takes sacrifice. God knows when something's cheap. He knows when something is really not done with <clears throat> pardon me, proper care. We recognize that this is the Lord who deserves our best. So may the Lord help us today to consider the good news that we can be like this woman. Focus on the one who gave all for us. That we can be like this woman who overcame all the barriers so that she can go forth and honor the living God. We can be like this woman who, even in the midst of criticism, did not take her focus off of the Lord and begin to argue with the people or even think that way. She was in a pure stream of heavenly light. And the Lord took that and he made an example for eternity of those who have really been forgiven and changed. We're not interested in squabbles with other people. But the focus is the Lord to love him. And the lesson we learn and the lessons we learn as far as the people are indignant is concerned. I wish you say, Lord, help me to be the one who will be an example for others on how to honor the Lord. Help me to be among those who have the wisdom to see things as you see them and to know that there's a right thing to do, but there's also a right time to do that right thing. This woman did the right thing at the right time. And the Lord memorialized her forever in his very gospel. What a testimony and what a prospect for us that we can actually have a complete turn and say, Lord, help me to live skillfully according to your wisdom so that I can bring you glory and inspire other people in how to bring you glory. I can give you sacrifices and worship that will be acceptable to you. Make your heart glad. That's what I live for. Some people say, I live for my kids. How many times have you heard that? My whole life is my child or my children. They work hard and they are sacrificial. There's nothing they would be willing to not spare to make sure the kids are doing well physically, materially, educationally, socially. <clears throat> Usually, the spiritual aspect is not even considered. Sad to say, in many Christian circles and homes, because they're caught up with the carnal elements. And yet that's a commendable thing that the person is actually doing something good for the children and sacrificing their sleep and their money and their efforts. But the Lord has to be first. If that kind of determination and sacrifice would be given to honoring God and to be able to say, my heart beats for Jesus Christ, what does it mean? 
For many people, it may mean, well, I'm going to go off to a missions trip because my heartbeat is Jesus Christ, and he loves the poor, and he loves to get the gospel out, yes. Another person may be, my heart beats for the Lord Jesus, and so I'm trying to be nice at work and do extra things and help people and help people in the community. It's good. There's something deeper and higher. Where all of those good things it can be in the right place at the right time. And that one thing is, how can I make the Lord glad? How can I please His heart? How can I honor Him in a way that He feels honored truly? And for that, we need to spend time with Him. Apparently, this woman, although she was not part of the group of disciples there, she had a very close connection with the Lord Jesus. How could she know that something like this, which is so objectionable in the natural, could be so pleasing to the living God? Another incident comes to mind as we close this morning, and that is the Syrophoenician woman. She kept persisting. The disciples were getting annoyed. It seemed like the Lord was also getting annoyed, but he wasn't. He was just displaying the true nature of her faith, which pleased him very much, and she got her desire granted. To walk with Jesus, it's not even just to be with him physically, as many people would envy that. <laughs> Pardon me. Imagine being with Jesus Christ those three or three and a half years. We can be very close to God now, 2,000 years later. Even though the Lord is in heaven above, as is written in Isaiah 55. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. There's a vast distance between the two. Your way, my way, my thoughts and your thoughts, yet... God has revealed his very mind to us in Christ. We can pray. I have things to do for you, Lord. I know my life has more things to accomplish for you. Maybe I'm just beginning to live this life, to take this journey to please my Savior, to find out why in the world he created me. Why did he put me on this earth? What is my calling? There are many gifts in the Bible, in Ephesians, Romans, and Corinthians, you see. Many gifts listed. Everybody in the body of Christ has a gift and has gifts waiting for them from God to be used to build the body of Christ, to proclaim His glory and His power. But it's only when we go to Him and we say, Lord, one thing I don't want to do before I leave this world, before my life is over, is to miss your call. I want to be like this woman. Do exactly what pleases you and honors you the most at the exact moment that you want it. And to live a life with this kind of activity that I'm always where God wants me to be and I'm doing what he wants me to do. What a glorious testimony. That is our inheritance because the Lord has given the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit to know the deep things of God because it's the Spirit of God that really knows what's on the heart of God. And by the Spirit that lives within us, we get the revelation. We don't have to make misjudgments. We can be people who are used to honor the Lord, show forth His love, build each other up and be those who are quick to detect when that sly enemy is coming around to cause dissension and discord and shut them out by prayer and by showing love from the heart. Concluding statement this morning, the order is of utmost importance. Seek to honor Jesus Christ one-on-one, -on -one. even if nobody else is around, if everybody in the world is gone, it's just me, I have to go and do this and that, but because I love the Lord, 
I'm thrilled to be where he wants me to be and do what he wants me to do. And that's the case in our lives, which is expected of God because he's given us everything we need to get that accomplished and to grow into that and be consistent into that, mature. And then the blessing that we will be to God and to the body of Christ and to the world will be incalculable inasmuch as God's power is infinite. His wisdom is unsearchable. His love boundless. Because he'd be really reigning in our hearts. Lord, we thank you for this passage where you uncover, Lord, a whole human fabric in our hearts, Lord, to show us and to Help us to think how you want to change us to be just like you, Lord. Get better and better. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who encourages us even when you show us the things that are dangerous. They may be still lurking within our hearts and our attitudes. You want to really wash them out of us. We can be pure delight to you. Our pure fragrance, our very lives, much more than this spikenard. Our attitudes, our actions, Lord, our words would be wholesome and edifying and nourishing. Grant us wisdom, I pray, and humility to receive and to be a blessing to you, Lord. Thank you and praise you. Continue to reach forth, Lord. Stretch forth your healing hand upon our brothers and sisters, upon our families that, Lord, we will expect a complete mighty turn of all that we've suffered last year, Lord, and even the beginning of this year itself. Satan's tactics will be overthrown completely, Lord. This church will multiply in the graces of God within our hearts, in the increase of the spiritual vitality, Lord, the reception of spiritual gifts to build the church in love, and multiply also physically with many people coming. Lord Jesus says, Lord, you helped us give a night of prayer in the morning. And the people would be relentless in our church to pray for their family members and not settle until the family members come to Christ and surrender to Christ fully. And invite them and expect them to come and do everything possible to bring the family members and friends to come. And that the Spirit of God will move so on the people that are invited, whether family or friends or strangers, that the Holy Spirit will work in their hearts and give that drive to come. And the seats will be filled so that God's community can be built up. The devil's kingdom can be overthrown as people get set free, Lord, from so much demonic activity that are depressing them and destroying them. Oh Lord, we thank you that when we honor you, you will hear our prayers. You'll make these things come true. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your love. In Jesus' name we thank you, Father. Amen.